were once a baby. You started life with an empty kind of container of what you would uh, then determine as wisdom through life, through where you've come from, through your upbringing, through how the world has affected you and how you have interpreted. You have began, you began the journey as a baby to develop what you perceive to be wisdom. You sourced wisdom from somewhere, right? And your life now is a result of where you were sourcing it from. Um, I was watching my grandson the other day, Finn. Pekka mentioned him. He's like 17 months old. When he first began to walk, Finn sort of started the, uh, the crawl thing and then he got sort of up on his feet and then he sort of, you know, learned how to walk. And in the process of learning how to walk, he worked out some things. He worked out that if he runs too fast and he runs into objects that are hard, he's going to hurt himself. And he realized that, you know what, maybe, and he's still realizing that because his head goes way faster than his, oh no, his legs go faster than his head. Or is it the other way around? That way. And see, you would have developed some wisdom from experience of what you think. You know, what is hot and cold? I shouldn't put my hand in the fire. That will burn me. Um, All those kinds of things. Wisdom comes from experience, but also wisdom comes from where you source it from. As a Christian, there's a particular place you should be going to it. Um, Wisdom can be divisive. What one person says is wisdom, and what someone else says, people have gone to war over what one person thinks is wise and what someone else thinks is wise. You know, that even in church life, that what one Christian might think is wise and what another person thinks is wise can be so polarized, so opposite. The vaccination. That has been one of the most divisive uh, things in our modern life. Many Christians will have a view of, you know, yes, get vaccinated, yes. And then there are other Christians who will say, I will not get vaccinated. And in fact, it has been a dangerous thing to split the church apart. Because one person thinks it's wise not to get the vaccination because of whatever reason. But another person will think, get the vaccination because... True? <clears throat> it's been a very challenging time for us to leave church, to know wisdom, how to deal with the um, regulations and the rules that our government is placing upon us as church. Um, you know, how do we make those wise decisions? How did you make the decision to vaccinate or not vaccinate? Well, I got it off the internet. A lot of people get their information off the internet. You have got to watch what you Look at it, the internet and what you feed yourself with because not everything on the internet or on YouTube is true. In fact, there are even things on the internet that say they are Christian but are not actually Christian and are not based out of the truth. And if you are gaining your wisdom out of the internet, you need to be super careful. TVs are interesting things. Where's the clock? I need to watch. That's the time over there. Who watches TV? What's your favorite channel? Jimmy Swaggart. Good. Sky News. What about ABC? What about SBS? What about Channel 7, Channel 9? 
Lots of people will watch the channel that portrays their worldview because there are opposing worldviews on TV. You know, I could say to you that a lot of the channels that are on TV are anti-Christian. You know? I don't think Jimmy Swaggart is, though. So, influence where you source your wisdom from. Well, actually, there are actually, even if you go on, the, on uh, YouTube, there will be channels, there are videos devoted to being anti-particular Christian people. There are videos and channels that are anti-Hillsong. Do you know that even Pekka and I, there is someone that has... Uh, uh, stuff out there where we, we have graduated to be a part of um, a selected group of people who this particular uh, group despise and think are not espousing wisdom. We're not speaking wisdom according to that particular viewpoint. Kind of funny, isn't it? You have to this morning make a decision. Is Keith talking wise? Or is he on the other side of the equation as a fool? Interesting. So wisdom can also be divisive and polarize us and even separate us and even offend. Do you know that there are foolish churches? Do you know the Bible talks about churches that are described as foolish? Um, Paul writing in the Galatia, to the Galatian church describes the Galatians as fools. Imagine if I came here this morning and my word to you was, you bunch of fools. That would inspire you. That would make you want to come back again. No, I'm going to read you the scripture. Galatians 3.1 You foolish Galatians who has bewitched you before your very Eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. So Paul, for some reason, had interpreted that a whole community of Christians were behaving in a foolish manner. So that's the opposite to wisdom. Wisdom is to be wise. Foolishness is to be a fool. And you can have a church that is described in the Word of God as full of foolish people. I wonder if God would have looked down this morning and he would have looked at us, would he, as he weighed us up in our choices and our lifestyle and where we are now, would he describe us as being foolish people? Be a bit scary, wouldn't it? See, what I'm saying is, did the Galatians church choose to be fools? Did they say, you know, they had a board meeting, steward, there was a Stewie back then, and a Keith, and a Darren. And they decided, guys, the direction of our church for the Galatian church today is we want to be in five years described by God as a foolish church. No, they didn't. But here's the crazy thing. They ended up in a position of being described as fools. Do we want to be a foolish church? No, but are we? Interesting. I'm stirring your thinking. Because sometimes we can think we're wise, 
But in fact, we are foolish. And the only way you're going to find that out is the end result of the thing that you interpret as being wise as you make your choice. But as life goes on, there will be things that will happen that will actually be the fruit of the choices that you made in your decision-making. I know for myself that I have suffered the consequence of thinking I had made a wise choice, but in fact, the end result was uh, a mess. Because I was dumb enough to make the wrong choice. But nobody else is here. What? Oh, yeah. I still don't know if that was foolish. Uh, It says this. See, the book of Proverbs is an incredible book that I like to read most days because it is full of tips about what it means to be wise. It's kind of like a manual on wisdom, and it also describes what a fool does. So it's helped me guide my life and discern between being a fool or making a foolish decision or being wise. I still make stupid decisions, though, but of course nobody here does. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears it down. Super interesting. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman tears it down. What does that mean? It means wisdom builds, foolishness tears down. So if you want to examine life and your journey of life, you want to see the things that have built into your life as the wise choices and the choices that you've made that have torn down when I first got married. You know what? I lived with my my girlfriend from the age of 17 and I was 18. Didn't know God. Before I knew it, she had moved in. It was a shock. She tricked me. And we were living together, thinking it was a wise choice. But it wasn't long, though, through our relationship as we were uh, living together that things were going wrong. And we became Christians at the age of 22 years. Six months earlier, we had got married, you know, trying to do the right thing and get married. Yet there was the residue of living together, of not making a wise choice that we had to deal with from 22 for the next five or six years because we had laid the wrong foundation in our relationship and we thought it was wise. See, the world portrays a particular type of wisdom and what you say you'll reap and the kingdom of heaven has a particular type of wisdom. Now, I'm not, this is not a condemning message. This is one trying to identify, help us identify that we are these vessels that have been given this wonderful thing by God of choice. So you can't blame God for where you are. You've got to take responsibility for your choices whether you've gone wise or foolish. Hallelujah. And you know, man, I made some foolish ones, but I made some good ones. I'm still learning how to not be a fool. Still learning how not to be a fool. 
Wisdom builds, foolishness tears down. Okay, now, this is a key scripture for your life. Wisdom begins with God. Everybody knows it. Do you know that? If you're a Christian, you should know that wisdom begins with God. It says this in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want to be wise... You've got to understand something if you're a Christian about this principle that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. You can't have something at the end. It has to start with the beginning. The book of Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See, the earth had a beginning. That's what Genesis is about. God in the beginning. And this scripture, if we believe it true, if our worldview is coming out of believing in God, if our worldview is that, hey, opposite to the world, that we must understand that wisdom must begin at its source of God. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. The word fear or this concept means to respect and to uh Honor God for who He is and for what He has done and for what He is capable of doing. That you put God in the center of your being, of your worldview, that God is the source of your wisdom. True? Am I telling you something you don't know? No. But sometimes I think we forget that. It's interesting. Who wants a life of Happiness. Everybody. You know when you um, read at the end of a um, fairy tale and they lived happily ever after. The Bible says that Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance. The Bible says that Jesus came to set us free. The Bible says that Jesus came to do a whole lot of amazing things and bless our lives with a thing called abundant life. But a lot of people don't have abundant life. A lot of people don't have this happy ever after because they haven't begun with the right beginning on their story of life. You with me? Because wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. For the Christian, he must have deeply entrenched, like in the very center of your core, that your decision making, your wisdom and why you make a choice must come with God. Hallelujah. And see, I know from my life that when I've forgotten that and I've made the choices for my future out of what I thought was better for me, that often I don't get the happy ever after consequent, uh, conclusion. I don't get the abundant life because I didn't start with the beginning of my choice being God is the center. Amen? Am I pretty few guys with this? Wisdom, your source of wisdom. Your choices must come from understanding God as the creator. 
He is the espousal of wisdom. Hallelujah. Interesting. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Jesus said, those that do what I say are like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And here's the consequence. Both men are building a house. Both men are making a future. Both men are trying to prepare for the happy ever after. But one builds it on the understanding of the words of Jesus, of the words that came out of the mouth of Christ. The other builds it on the sand. And that is the person that makes the choice not to build their life on the words of Jesus. This is not a kind of rocket scientist, but it is incredibly profound. And see, what happens is it says when the wind and the rain and the storm came and the storm came on both houses that had been built, but one was built on following what Jesus said and the other wasn't, and there was a completely different outcome. It says one, the house did not stand and collapsed. But the other house stood the storm. Hallelujah. You see... We are in this crazy time. Give him a... Greg, I love you, mate. You know the craziness of COVID and what's going on around the planet is not stopping, friends. The world we live in is not going to be the same. We are in this world of craziness where there are storms that are going to keep coming. And they're going to come and bash against your life. They're going to come and try to demolish your life and rob you of what Jesus said of abundant life. But the Bible and the Word of God is so powerful that it doesn't matter about the storm because your life will stand because you're built on the words of where the true source of wisdom is. Can I have an amen? So I want to inspire you today about, it doesn't matter, man, we've all been fools at some time. But we all can know when we've made some good calls. When you made the call to make Jesus your Lord, man, that was the smartest thing you ever did. Hallelujah. And it is life transforming. Because that's the source of where true wisdom comes from. Psalm 14, verse 1. Psalm 14, verse 1 says, The fool, oh, here's that fool again. Here's that fool. The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. Speaking of the fool who says there is no God. So, you know, when you, um, uh, we live in, a, a, in an age where we have political powers and leaders who are saying there is no God. We have men who are dis- making decisions for this nation and other countries around the world and for our state, for our states, who are espousing, praise God, there's a guy in New South Wales now who says there is a God. But, you know, Victoria, I don't know. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 
a fool is a fool because he doesn't recognize God. You know what I mean? So why is the world chaotic? It ain't because of God. It's because we have men and women who are making decisions across the planet who are saying there is no God. When your, when your world gets tipped upside down and your life is in turmoil, it is so important that you begin, first of all, looking at are you the one that has caused this turmoil in your life because you have been making decisions that have not come from the right source. Don't blame everybody else. Sometimes life can be a, a real dog too, you know, where things happen that are beyond your control, for sure. But it's kind of like a wise person, when things are going wrong, needs to stop, stop and think, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I build my life on the rock? Did I make this choice out of putting God first? Or was I overtaken by my emotions? Was I overtaken by what I want? Relationships. Man, oh man. Man, the heart and relationships are a powerful puller of the heart. True? See, Pecker and I, we were young, you know, and, whew, I mean, she's not bad looking now, but, mate, when we were younger, I even had hair. True. I wasn't bad looking either, hun. Was I not? There you go. See, what you think is wise and what she thinks is different. But anyway. Um, but we got overtaken with the emotion for each other. And we made the choice to live together because we were so connected by the heart. Right? Here's a real interesting thing. You be careful about relationships. You be careful about who you let inside your world. And the Bible actually tells me to guard my heart. And that's where I want to go. Susie, is this any good? Good. Is this wisdom? Okay, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. And I want to center on a scripture. Probably got about 10 minutes left. What time do you finish? Aye? One o'clock. Proverbs chapter 4 is super interesting. The book of Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon who was a king. And God comes to Solomon one day and he says, Solomon, I want to give you whatever you want. Imagine that. And Solomon replies to God and says, God, I want wisdom. So God gives this guy wisdom. And the book of Proverbs is written by King Solomon who God gave wisdom to. He still had challenges of trying to put that wisdom into practice, did Solomon. But... Um, and then Proverbs chapter 4, which I want you to understand, is a dad, it's like you talking to your daughter. Or it's like you, Darren, talking to your son, Ezra. Proverbs chapter 4 is a chapter based about a dad trying to put wisdom into his children that he had got from his dad. So it's like this generational truth of wisdom that a dad is passing on that had been passed on to him, that he had found to be true, so he's going to give it to his son. I'll tell you, it is so interesting when you read scripture. Understand the context of whatever that thing is about because it, is, it can be quite profound. So this is a thing about generational wisdom. 
Okay, it says this from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Ever said that as a parent? Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's body. And then verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do will flow from it. Now remember, we're talking about wisdom. This is a generational truth the dad's passing on to his son. He's telling him that, friend, my son, I'm going to tell you the most powerful stuff that's going to bring life to you. It's going to bring you what Jesus talks of, abundant life. You're going to have happy ever after, son, if you listen to what I'm saying. This is so important, son. This is so important. Listen, be attentive to what I'm saying. Then he says this, guard your heart. For from it will flow everything you do. Guard your heart because everything you do will flow out of this thing called your heart, your inner man. The Greek calls it the cardia in the New Testament. Your inner person, your soul, your spirit, where your will, where your emotions are. Guard that place, son. Guard it. Put the words that I'm telling you, put it in your heart and guard it. Really interesting. Because this is about wisdom. And wisdom finds its home in your heart. And you need to guard it. Give him a poke. (laughs) Guard your heart. Here's the question. Where is your source of wisdom? Are you guarding it? Because from that wisdom that you guard in your heart, everything that you do will proceed out of that. Not some things, not a little, not most things. Everything you do is determined from the space called your will and emotions, your mind, And what you put in it is so important because everything you do is going to flow out of it. Your worldview will flow out of what's in here. And for me, as I became a Christian, I had to learn to watch and still have had to learn and am learning what I let in here. You with me? Guard your heart. And see, that's the thing about relationships. You've got to watch who you open your little old heart up to because there are people that are going to come and they're going to kick the crap out of it. If you like that, we should do karate too. Well, I'm quite amazed I could go that far. I should be a policeman. Did you see that? You want to see it again, Ken? No, I'm not going to. Guard your heart. Darren has been with me to a Uganda on a number of times, to East Africa, to Kenya. We even went to Ethiopia, didn't we, mate? And when we go to Uganda in particular, so we raise money in Australia and we send the money to Uganda, you know, through accounts. And then when we get to Uganda or Kenya, but mostly Uganda, 
Someone goes to the bank and gets the loot. Because we need the loot for all the projects that we're doing over there. Right? And here's the funny thing. Because of the Ugandan exchange rate, man, you automatically become a millionaire. Thousand bucks will get you two and a half million. And we are usually up around the 10 to 15 mark. So we end up with a bag full of the cash, like loaded with cash. And sometimes Stephen goes and gets the money. It's our contact, our, our coordinator in Uganda. And he will go to the bank and he will have a big bag and he will put it in the bag and then he will come and meet us. And you watch him when he's coming. And like he's like, he's looking around, worried someone's going to bang him on the head and take the money. And then he gives it to us. And then we, same thing, you know, and we hide them, make sure that nobody sees them. We're pulling the money out. In fact, we have two stashes, the big stash and then the little stash. We guard the money because someone wants to take it from us. Because someone wants to rip us off. Because someone wants to steal the money. And so we guard it. See, here's the principle that you've got to understand about your heart. If you don't understand that place in you is the most important part in your being, you will let any old crap in and out of that. And you will pay the price in everything that you do. True? The older you get, the more you realize the principle. I'll tell you a real simple truth that is profound. You know when someone does something wrong to you, right? And it gets inside here. Mm, damn it. Man. He did this to me. And it gets in your heart. And then what happens is you process the thought of the wrong and it goes round and round and round and round and it festers into something ugly. Are you, you, am I the only person? Has Darren offended you too? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are mean. Oh, dude, I feel sorry for you. Nah. <laughs> you see, but wisdom is this powerful tool. Even when crap happens, the Bible, remember, the source of your wisdom says forgive. See, it isn't like rocket scientists, but it is powerful and profound. So when you get the stuff that's trying to get into this thing called your heart that you're meant to guard, when you guard it, you use the tool of forgiveness when someone hurts you. But if you don't, if you don't forgive, because that's what God says about offense, everything you do will be affected by that unforgiveness. And that's what destroys relationships. That's what destroys marriages. That's what destroy, just destroys friendships. See, that's just the basic. And you know what? Guard your heart, friends. Fill it with where true wisdom comes from and flick out the rest. The Bible actually says, cast it out. 
It means like kind of aggressively, get the hell out of my heart. You with me? Wisdom or being a fool? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The fool built it on the sand. And when, when difficulty came, one collapsed. The other stood strong. I'll finish with this. Guarding something doesn't mean today I guard it and tomorrow I forget about it. See, that's my biggest dilemma for me. As God gives me something and I get it and I take it in there, but then I forget to guard it and something comes and distracts me, some trouble or whatever. And before you know it, that little old baby snuck out of my heart. See, guarding is a lifetime of protecting your heart. You with me? To guard your heart, to kick out the rubbish, unforgiveness is just an example. To guard it over your lifetime. I, I've been a Christian for cracking the 40 now, 40 years. You look like it, Keith. And I'm going to tell you the truth of this revelation is that my life has been so blessed in my children as a result of sourcing wisdom from God and guarding it over a lifetime. And it's not to say I'm perfect. It's not to say that I don't still be a fool sometimes, but I'm telling you, the consistent behavior of learning to guard my heart has brought me a lot of happy ever after. That's pretty cool. It's worth the deal. You know, Pekka said the transaction thing this morning. Man, don't hold on to the rubbish. Give it over because he'll replace it with the better stuff. Amen. The transaction is get rid of unforgiveness, fill it with forgiveness, and it will produce life for you. See, why is church important? Why is it important that I'm hassling Greg about paying attention? Because we endeavor as Ignite Life to get him to give us what we think we th we, we, he wants us to give you. See, this message this morning is from him, I believe. I'm telling you, it's from him. And come into church, if, if this church, if, if, if you're not hearing wisdom from the pulpit, get, the heck, get out of here, go somewhere where you're going to get it. But I am, I am convinced <clears throat> that we are espousing the source of wisdom to you. So I just want to inspire you about that consistency of guarding your heart, filling it with God. Amen? amen. <clears throat> Can I have an even louder amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray. Father, you know, you know, you are the Father. You know, some of us have had dads that haven't made the grade, but you're the Father who is the wisest one. You're the creator of the universe, our Father in heaven. From your lips flows wisdom, Father. From your lips flowed the words that created the world around us and has put life in our lungs. You are the Father where there is no other. You are the Father of love. 
And you know each and every person that is here this morning. And Father, I pray that, Lord, they would hear the words of the wisest Father and they would enter into our hearts. And Holy Spirit, that you would give each of us the strength to guard our hearts. And Lord, from that would flow the promises, Jesus, you came to bring. In Jesus' name, amen.